0: challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man podcast with your host, New York Times best-selling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Welcome to The Great Man Podcast. Great to have you with me. I'm so eager to dive into this subject today. To talk about what I'm going to talk about today, I need to tell you that I've had a lot of questions about something that is fairly considered fairly radical that I often say when I'm speaking to men, and especially when I'm speaking to men in a religious context. Let me tell you what it is, and then I'll answer. People haven't been objecting. They've just been asking for clarification, and I am delighted to do it. When I speak to men, especially in a church or religious context, I often say to them that I am not calling them to be great men because primarily of their wives and their children. Now, this sounds horribly critical. And of course, if you just listen for a moment, you realize I'm the furthest thing from being critical of wives and children. But what often happens in a religious environment, particularly in churches, uh, is that we approach men and we say, you ought to be great. You ought to be good men. You ought to be righteous men. You ought to be noble men. You ought to be wild at heart, um, in part for your wife and for your children. And then all the advice that's given, most of the teaching that's given is about uh, obligations and duties to wives and children. Now, let me say quickly, I'm sure I don't have to say this. I'm crazy about my wife, Beverly, and want to be a man in every way for her. And I'm crazy about my children, Jonathan and Elizabeth, and, and my stepson, Isaac, and on and on and on. I love them all and I'm crazy about them. And I absolutely want to be a great man in their life and, and exemplify what I need to be an exemplar of and impact them and leave a legacy in every way, leave inheritance in every way and love them well. That, that's not in question. But I will tell you that I want men to strive to be great and noble men, not primarily out of obligation to their wives and their children. And I say that uh, when I speak to them. And I say it for a number of reasons. Let me tell you, perhaps the least important first, and that is that increasingly the men I'm speaking to are not married and don't have children. That's one reason. It's not the most important reason, uh, but but I, I I'm I was single for a lot of years. I I I love uh, single men. I, I realize that we've got men getting married later in life. The millennials are getting married more in their early thirties variety of reasons men might be single, and I don't want to couch the entire message uh, to, to guys with wives and children. Some guys have wives, have no children. Some guys have children, have no wives. Some guys have neither. So I try to keep my message broad. And by the way, I also try to keep my message um, appealing, not just to within the church crowd or the traditional church crowd, but beyond the church. I love the church, want to speak to guys in the church, but I also want to speak to guys who have never darkened the door of a church. And I think you understand why. But the main reason that I urge men to be great men uh, and don't do it in terms of wives and children is that I want them to do it in terms of God and I want them to own themselves. In other words, I'm making a case not from the basis of their obligation to somebody else, because I don't want to risk, by the way, that a man resents his wife and resents his children uh, when certain obligations are placed upon him. I make my case from the basis that this is what he's designed for. This is what he's made for. This is who you are. I speak to you as a man, and I say, men are made to do certain things. Now, most of the people probably who are listening to me are men who believe in God. And so I can say, uh, I, I believe you're made by God to be this way. I have a lot of men who listen to me who don't believe in God. You are welcome and you know it. And so I'll speak to you from the standpoint of design, whether you believe that's evolutionary design or you emerged from blood clot or you fell from you know a tree, whatever you believe. Um, nevertheless, you're standing here now on two feet on earth. And I'm saying to you, this is the way you are made. You are made for these things. And if you try to function a different way, then it's like putting water in a, in a car's gas tank. It ain't going to run. And so what I, it's very important that I say this, and I want, I don't just, I'm not just defending myself in terms of what I've said at various conferences and speaking events. It's that I, I think it's one of the most essential principles of noble manhood in our generation. I don't want you to be a great and a noble man primarily for other people. I want you to seek to be a great and a noble man, because I believe there's a God who made you to be a man to his glory uh, in a certain way. And I think you are made a certain way. And I want you to recover that and own yourself. Those are words I want you to remember. Own yourself um, as a man and be the man you're made to be. Then present yourself to your wife, so to speak. You understand I'm not saying that as though it's a new thing. You've obviously, if you're married, you've presented yourself to your wife before, but present yourself in your new and strong and noble and valiant way that's that's being renewed every day to your wife, to your children and increasingly be uh, what they need, what they want, what lights them up, what launches them to what they're made to be, what builds a powerful and loving family. And if you're not married, I want you to be a noble man Uh, again, because that's the argument from design. That's, that's who you are. That's what you're made for. That's how God has made you. And so I want you to be that for uh, who you're meant to be on earth, how you're meant to impact your school, how you're meant to impact your university, who you're meant to be in your community. What you're meant to be politically, what you're meant to be in your profession, uh, what you're just meant, meant to be in the community of men in your band of brothers. In other words, I don't want you doing noble manhood, being a noble man, a great man, a righteous man, a powerful man, primarily for other people. In fact, I don't, even, I don't even want to define great manhood in terms of the obligations that we have or the duties that we have. I think it's beyond that. My wife and my kids, if they were sitting right here in the studio, they, they would applaud this. They understand what I mean. I'm not putting them down in any way. I want to be what God has made me to be. I want to be a shining example of noble, righteous manhood that that tends my who tends my field and builds and builds noble manhood with other men and does it to the glory of God. I want to do all of that. I want to I want to be all the maxims of Mansfield's book of manly men. I, I want to I want to do manly things. I want to t- tend my field. I want to build manhood with other men, and I want to do it to the glory of God. All of that. But I don't want any of that being done primarily out of obligation to my wife and children. And nor do I want single guys to be doing it out of obligation to the community or even the church. This sounds terrible and I'm a church guy. Um, What I'm trying to say is I want you to do it because it's the way you're made. I want you to own yourself. I want you to look in the mirror and say, I am a man made to be righteous, made to be good, made to use the power of manhood in noble ways, made to get over and get healed of my wounds and my deformities, made to live beyond the negative examples that I've been given from previous generations. If in fact, that's true, by the way, in your family line, it's not true for all of us. Uh, And then I will be what I'm meant to be politically or for the community or for my mother and my father and my brothers and my sisters, whoever, whoever comprises your family. Um, and, and, and I don't even, I, even though I, I go around teaching men how to build bands of brothers, I don't want you to be a righteous men and good and noble men primarily for your band of brothers. I want you to be committed to it because that's what you're made to be. That's what you're made to be. Then step into the band of brothers. Then step into your family, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your dates, your relationship with your your kids, the relationship with other people's kids. I want to be this for nieces and nephews and, 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 and other people I'm related to. I want to be it for other men, but not primarily. Sure, I want to be a good man and an exemplar to the men I know and their their kids. I was just at a, at a at a university event where a friend of mine was being honored as alumnus of the year, and I spoke at that event. I was in a sea of a great big Southern family around this guy and hugging him and loving him and holding babies and kissing on folks. And I'm, I love that kind of stuff. And I want, yes, in that context, I want to be a good and a noble man uh, because I want to influence them. Of course I do. But. It all begins when I stand alone, uh, wherever I stand, out in a field, in my office, in the bathroom, looking in the mirror, whatever, and I say, I am made to be a good and a noble man and to use the gifts of manhood for noble purposes. I am made and called to get over and get healed of past wounds, to clean up the legacy that I was given of manhood, uh, to take out what's tarnished and, and damaged or deformed, keep the good stuff, I've talked about that before, and become the man that I'm meant to be. And yes, now having owned that role and having accepted that commission, sure, I want to be it for all of my friends, all of their kids, everybody I get within reach, everybody I know, everybody I can influence, everybody in every audience I ever get to, every place I ever speak, every political leader I ever work with. And of course, my kids and eventually my grandkids and my my wife, of course I do. But I think it begins. I think noble manhood begins not when a man is doing it. I'm saying this humorously, out of some southern slang, out of the honey You know, honey is what men say when they got their list of dues from their from their honey from their wife. I don't want men to live out of a beaten down obligation. I don't want men to live it because they're they're obligated. I want them to do it because they're designed that way. They're made that way. This is how the Ferrari runs. This is how the Tesla runs. This is the refined fuel on which great manhood is made to run. Mm -hmm. And then I want their wives to be thrilled and excited and, and happy and bragging about them, and and just 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 so pri- feeling so privileged that they're married to this guy. And I want their kids to just for the rest of their lives, thank God, that they had this man as their father. But I want a man who never gets married and never has kids to feel that for people around him to be, feel exactly the same way. I want to see noble manhood in this world, and it doesn't come primarily out of obligations to other people. It comes as you do it for God and not trying to be selfish about this, but for yourself. I wanna be I wanna be a good man if I'm not married, I have no kids. I want to be a good man if I don't ever step on a stage, if I'm not, you know, whatever well-known level I'm at in my life, you know, I'm not super famous, but I'm fairly well known. And I'm saying, "I, I, I don't want even that to be the obligation. I don't do it. I don't want to be a good man because I step on stage or because I'm sometimes on television or because I write books or because I've got a Twitter feed for heaven's sakes. I want to do it because it's what I'm made to do at the elemental core of who I am. I want to be a good and a noble man. And I think that's where manhood has to begin. So please, please, please understand I'm not putting down wives or children or churches or communities or obligations. And I'm glad that communities place obligations on us. That's the whole idea of a band of brothers is that I'm accountable to them and they can speak into my life and help me be a better man. But at its core, at its beginning, at the deepest part of you, you can't Be the man you're called to be if you're just doing a list of obligations for the people around you. I want you to be a great, shining, noble, great man, and I want your wife to be tearfully thankful and your kids to be transformed by it and your community be changed by it and your parents and your siblings and the children of your friends and your whatever religious organization, synagogue, church, mosque, whatever, wherever you are connected religiously, uh, I want you to be great and noble and principled and moral and strong. I want women to feel safer around you. I want kids to be ennoble. I want communities to be stronger. And all of that comes not as you just have a list of honeydews, as they say in the South, and you're just fulfilling it. It comes as you know who you are you know how you've been made, you know what a man's meant to be, and you know that life does not come together without that core commitment. So as you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in great manhood, but I don't believe it comes because we're trying to make everybody happy. I, I don't believe it comes from that. I, I, I grew up in a home of strong parents and a demanding father, uh, and I say that in a good way. He was a good, good man, and he demanded a lot of things of me. I learned from that, but I can't be a good man just out of obligation to my father, who's passed from this life. Can't be a good man just out of obligation to my wife. Love her as I do. I don't. I don't. I can't be a good man out of just the demands or requests of my children. No, something has to come first. And what comes first is that I own the fact this is what I am made to be if I'm standing in the desert alone. This is what I'm made to be if I live alone on Mars. This is what God has made me to be. Then I step into, after I pursue the healing and pursue nobility and accept my, my design and start to live it out in concert with other men, then I step, so to speak, into these other relationships and benefit them by the gifts that I have. And that's what it means to be a noble man. So. No defense on my part. Nobody's criticizing me. I'm not upset. I just want men to own their design, own what they're made to be, and live out the distinctives of noble manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's book of manly men and building your band of brothers as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man the great man podcast is a Mansfield group production